0: Welcome to global volumes the podcast that lies at the intersection of storytelling global health and personal development i'm your host lisa gashara and from developing the world within you to understanding the world around you thank you for tuning up the volume to today's volume this is your first time. If it is, hello and welcome. Like I said, I'm Lisa and I love doing both solo episodes and interviews with people just to gain their perspective and their insight on the world through their eyes and their experience, which I think builds community. Um, Today I got the honor of interviewing Jay Coles, who is the author of Tyler Johnson Was Here and the recently released Things We Couldn't Say. I got the chance over the summer to get an advanced reading copy of Things We Couldn't Say and interview him about it for We Need Diverse Books. And after that conversation for that article, which I can leave in the show notes, I just loved how genuine and thoughtful and thought-provoking our conversation was and Jay's as an individual. And I really wanted to interview him for Global Volumes, but was... Definitely way too shy. So I didn't reach out um, to his publicist until much later about a month ago and we were able to schedule this and just chat and while I was so excited to just pick his brain on writing and the topics he writes about and him being a very young author and an inspirational one at that I was very happily surprised to the turn that our conversation turned into one on well-being and a genuine answer to the question, how are you doing? And it really just left me inspired to be honest and open about my emotions and what I'm feeling with those around me because that is the only way that healing can happen. So it was a lovely conversation. I could listen to this episode thousands of times. I've already listened to it like three times. And towards the end, Jay goes, I'm sorry that all my answers were so sad. And I'm just so shocked that that is like how he perceived the conversation and like just that that is the feeling for being open and honest about how you're feeling and what you're going through. Because when I listen back through this episode, I see it as something that is so solemn something that is so therapeutic and just a conversation of two people who are just going through life and seasons of change, like he says. And so that being said, I hope that this episode just gives you that space to look at what you're doing and going through from a new lens and see ways in which you can give yourself space to heal. Um, we talk about the ways that we take care of ourselves emotionally. And I could just not introduce this episode in a way that just does it justice. It's absolutely an amazing one. One of my favorite interviews by far. So that being said, enjoy this episode with Jay. Really use it to look intrinsically on what you're going through and um, who you are and I hope that it is as therapeutic for you as it was for me. Okay, here it is. Hello, Jay, how are you?
1: I'm okay. Um, It's very rainy here where I'm at in Indiana, Um, but so the rain just makes me tired. Um, Just wanna kind of curl up under a nice blanket, be warm. Uh, (laughs) But all in all, I'm okay, how are you?
0: (laughs) I'm good. I'm like home for the holidays, so it's nice. Yeah, good. Be away yeah. from campus.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. What campus again?
0: Um, I just started a graduate program at Duke, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, in North awesome. Carolina.
1: Yeah, really cool. Thank really you. good basketball team.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to go. They're like so hard to get into. We tried to enter a raffle, but um, we didn't oh, wow. win. So hopefully I get to go before I graduate.
1: OK, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, You have to. I mean, you have to. If you go to Duke, I feel like you have to go to one of their games. gonna <laughs> you sneak in, you know.
0: <laughs> I need to, like, find some inner connections or something.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, would you start off by just introducing yourself a little bit um, where you are currently at?
1: Yeah, my name is Jay Coles. I am uh, the author of Childhood um, Jones Was Here, and um, the recent Things We Couldn't Say, um, which just released by Scholastic on the 21st of September. Um, I'm currently um, speaking to you um, from the middle of nowhere, Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> um, it's a very small town. It's also a college town. Um, and so I actually went to the college that's here, Ball State University. Um, it's my the uh, place where I got my degree in English. Um, yeah, I'm actually um, recording this from my like meeting room in my house, so.
0: <laughs> hmm. uh, did you always want to go into English um, coming into college?
1: No, actually, um, I had changed all of my, like I had changed my major like at least 10 times um, <laughs> when I first got to college. So I was, a, at one point I was a math major which I hate math. So I don't know why I thought I'd be a math major. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like the idea of having formulas. Like I like formulas, like plugging and chugging, like it's easy, Mm -hmm. but numbers stress me out. So, um, then I switched to music. I was gonna be a music education major. So I loved composing music. I like performing music. Um, but like music school everywhere, this is true, but especially here, like music school is like, very competitive and it's very hard and I'm, and I'm someone who's like I'm easily stressed out in competition so I was like oh, not for me <laughs> and then as a Spanish major because I was like the one in a um because I was fluent in Spanish when I was in high school lost a lot of my Spanish and wanted to like um study it you know more in depth so that I could be a translator someday or something like that um or even work in a school setting um Yes, I had a couple other majors along the way, of course, and then settled on English because, I mean, it felt simple, and I always had a passion for English class when I was like in middle school and high school, mm-hmm. and I loved books, I liked writing, um, I like telling stories, and so like all those things kind of aligned and decided that English would be a pretty good fit for me, mm-hmm. and as I took classes over, you know, the years felt like that, was, that, that stayed true, you know, mm-hmm. that English was a good fit for me.
0: Wow, and what was your like first job or position outside of undergrad?
1: Mm, My first position, actually my first position was like, I took a year just to be a full-time writer. And so I had had some success with Tyler Johnson was here as I was in college. And so I was fortunate enough to have like space in the finances, you know, to be able to like be a full-time writer. Like I had so many like speaking gigs and engagements that like provided for me financially so that I could pay rent and like bills so that I could like live off of that. Um, and that provided me a lot of space to be able to do like a lot of the anthologies that I am a part of, as well as um, start the beginnings of what would be, you know, my, my, my second novel, which was Things We Couldn't Say.
0: Um,
1: and then after that, what did I do? gosh, everything feels such a blur. Like with COVID, life feels like a blur, like pre-COVID, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Pre-COVID and post-COVID.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well,
0: we're still um, in it. But.
1: Yeah, I did some work at the university too, like helping out with classes. So um,
0: yeah. What was it like writing a book while you were still in school?
1: Mm. Um, it was like a in a lot of ways, it was a, like a relief because, I mean, I was just writing papers and stories for classes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like I was writing for like an assignment, right, to get a grade, to get feedback, but then writing, the, you know, my book um, was like a way for me to just be creative, it was a way for me to just kind of be and tell, you know, whatever story I wanted to without any expectations of you know, what are people going to say, what is my professor going to say, like, I was just writing a book for me, and it wasn't like, I'm going to get a grade on this. And so it was very, a very different experience. And so like, I come home from, you know, classes, give myself, you know, a little bit of time to like, do homework. And then I would like, then be like okay now I have time to like write and just be with my like characters that I like feel excited about and want to spend a lot of time with and want to develop more and I'm excited to see where the story goes you know um but that was a very different experience than like um when I was writing you know things we couldn't say because obviously with things we couldn't say I was then on a deadline like I had a deadline and I had fans and readers who were expecting, you know, had expectations. My publisher was like, we want this, this, and this. And so it's like, it's a, it was a vastly different experience than like um, my debut because again, like I was just writing like without any expectations but then like by the time my second book was, you know about to be formed and then release like that was completely different, you know? Is
0: there one experience that you preferred or enjoyed over the other
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness I'd probably say no because I had a really tough time with both Mm. like the first book I just received a lot of rejection
0: wow
1: um for my for things we couldn't say I had to change publishers (laughs) like it was originally you know going to be published by someone else we had to change publishers because some things happened that you know we couldn't get on the same page Mm. and I had to find a different publisher and so I had to go back on the submission process mm. you know and figure out well this book that I wrote for this other publisher will it will it ever be a book <laughs> you know like I was promised that it would be but now we kind of this ended this relationship so I kind of have to find like or start fresh mm. and so that was kind of like challenging and so like looking back I'm like man like I didn't have like an easy or good experience like releasing either (laughs) it's hard for me to pick like well which one was worse (laughs) you know like
0: um, and what is the experience like writing an anthology how is that different
1: gosh those are so fun like I love collaborative things like because being an author um it's something that feels like incredibly lonely and isolating because we you know we lock ourselves in a little room you know, or we put in our headphones when we go to our coffee shop and we're just trying to get into our little zone Mm -hmm. and we don't get to see each other. We don't get to see our peers, our co, you know, the other authors that are in our, the industry very often, you know, maybe like a couple times a year if we're at a conference or something like that or like a festival. Um, But it's very rare that we have like overlap in terms of like seeing each other, spending time with each other, like you know, like, it's a very different kind of coworker, kind of, you know, yeah. vibe or whatever. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like, I feel like, um, yeah, even just, like, experiencing that has, like, been kind of difficult, because it's, like, man, like, I would rather, like, write something where I can, like, be in a group, like, we're all around the table, we're talking about Whatever writing, you know, like individually, whatever, like even like throw out ideas, you know, potential collabs. And so, when people send me invitations for anthologies, I'm always like, oh man, like super excited and thrilled because it's like a chance for me to like be with other people, like to toss ideas with other people who are like like minded, you know, and people who um, I really love and respect, and to you know get to work closely with other authors. I'm I'm on board for that any any chance I get, you know, like. Um, and they're just so easy like it's so easy I would write obviously to write a short story over like a full length 300 page novel you know like if you only have to write 25 pages and you get paid to do the 25 pages like that's an incredible gig you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um is there a kind of writing that you are scared out scared to branch out into
1: hmm yeah I'm very scared to like I have a desire, I think, to write poetry, but I'm like, people always say that the way that I write is very poetic, mm. but I'm like, man, I would, I think I would just be bad at it <laughs> if I wrote poetry, but maybe one one of these days, I'll just take a stab at it and do it. Um, I also am feeling more and more of a pull to like even bring out of YA um, and do more like older things, so like new adult or adult, mm. but I've always kind of discounted myself and saying like, you know, like, um, I'm not old enough to write adult stuff, or like, you know, I I've n- I've never been married, so I don't know how to write about marriage. I, I don't have kids, so I don't know how to write about kids. You know, like, so will if I write an adult story, like, will the story have any like meat to it? Like, will it just be like the bare bones, like basic whatever. And so like, there's some fear that I have to kind of overcome to branch out, but I certainly have a, a strong desire to like branch out of why, especially because it's like, I don't know, like I also have this fear of like. Have I, re- have I reached my ceiling as a YA author, right? Like have I reached my maximum potential? And the main answer is probably no, but I think I have this like underlying like thought of like, what if I've reached my like ceiling as an author, a YA author, and like, no matter what I release next, I can't break through like a certain ceiling that's been placed on me, you know? Cause I think like, um, especially for a lot of marginalized creators like we've kind of been placed in these boxes of like, oh, these are the people who just write about race or they just write about like sexuality or issue books, you know, and like, or grief books, but that's all they are. And so like everything that I write kind of gets, you know, forces me back into that box. And so like, I just have a lot of fear of like, you know, like if I branch out, like what would happen, you know, but. How
0: do you balance how other people perceive you as an author and like knowing that you do have these fans who are expecting something of you versus what you expect for yourself and how you know yourself to be?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I I don't know, I feel like my expectations that I put on myself, um, they're usually very high Mm -hmm. because I'm someone who like really cares a lot about what people think, and what people say. And I think over the years I've had to like, take like baby steps away from that by like not reading reviews online, like not reading Goodreads, not reading the things that people tag me in on social media, you know, especially if it's like, you know, something that's not a positive Mm. review or response Um, and just to like, get myself in a place where I'm able to have like a clean slate when I write. And so like, I can go into starting a manuscript or starting a book, starting a project with like, all right, you know, enough about what my publisher wants to say, enough about what my agent thinks enough about my readers, you know, like I care too much about them and not about like my, my own space or my own mental uh, capacity and space. And like, I kind of have to like silence those voices and then like start like, fresh, you know, to start like, okay, those things aside, let me write this story that I feel excited about, that I feel has like um, urged me to write, you know? And so like, after I get that part done, then I could probably start engaging with like, what does my agent have to say about this? What does my publisher have to say about this? But I need to start with a blank slate every single time. Otherwise I just feel too held, held bond, in bondage to um, just continue to write. Like I would lose all motivation, you know, and all sense of inspiration. If I'm like always consumed with like, what does this person think? What does this person want me to do? You know, kind of thing. So, yeah. but for you, like, are you a writer?
0: Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy writing. I think yeah. I would like to take it more seriously and sure. like finish out an idea that I have. Yeah. Um, but I, I really love, I really love writing.
1: Sure. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, like, even if you were going to, if you're, even if you're going to say that you weren't a writer, I was going to say, yes, you are. I, was like, <laughs> everyone, I call me cynical or whatever, but I'm, I'm a believer, a firm believer that everyone has a unique story, mm-hmm. you know, that is meant to be told, you know, I think it's who we've been created to be, you know, it's knitted in our very existence to tell a story that's going to be light to the world. And so I feel like for you, you know even if you're like I don't need I don't know where to start, I don't know how to like finish it, you know like wherever you're at in that process like to just be like oh yeah, like maybe what it looks like for you to first do is like take a step back and like look at, you know, your story as like a clean canvas, you know like a blank canvas and be like okay, what is my story and ask yourself like intentional questions about like who you are, like where you're headed, Like, why are you here? Like, just, you know, deep soul questions. Um, Like, where did you come from? You know, like those kinds of things. And just to watch, like, the story kind of like pour out of you. You know, it's a really beautiful thing.
0: I like that. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I think is like the difference between, so when you say story, I think of like someone's like memoir or their Mm -hmm. like timeline of of their own experience versus like, you had components of your experience that um, played out in things we couldn't say. Um, so what do you mean by like your own story and showing that into what you write?
1: Sure, I think when I say story, I think about like, what are the what are the parts that are most true about who you are? You know, I think about um, for me, when I was writing Tyler Johnson was here, I was writing out of a place of like, gosh, there's so much grief and rage in me about police brutality and and racism in this country and white supremacy and how that has been so woven into not even just my personal story from where I come from and like my family story, but also like in my ancestry and heritage as a black person in this country, you know, it's like, there's, there's a generational rage that I carry with me always because of slavery and because of mm-hmm. Jim Crow and because of the white supremacy and, and racism that I see constantly and daily, you know? And so mm-hmm. I feel like um, when I say story, you know, I was saying like, in the sense of like, oh man, like I want to write a story. What became Tyler Johnson was here that was most true about me in that time. That was like, I am just mad mm-hmm. and I need to lift my voice and speak up about like how this is not okay. And how like, Marginalized people matter, you know, like everyone matters, but like in this time, like I want to say that Black Lives Matter, you know? Um, and, and that's kind of how that book was birthed for like things we couldn't say, you know. Like as I was writing that book, I was like, what are the parts of me that are most true in this season? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm still grieving a lot of crap. You know, like I'm grieving a lot, I have abandonment issues, and I wanted to like talk about those in a very like real way in mm-hmm. the book. And so. Um, there are layers, you know, like it might not be like to a T, like the, the whole plot is like directly from my life, but like there are layers that like overlap with my life. Um, yeah.
0: In um, one of my classes this semester, we're talking about this idea of like therapeutic stories and restorative justice. And do you feel like your writing has provided you space to heal?
1: Absolutely. Every time I look back at anything that I've written, like I would reread a passage from one of my books, you know, maybe a couple times a week, every other week, something like that. And I'm like, gosh, like it's a, such a reminder of like how those books were like beacons of hope for me mm-hmm. and light um, in, in very dark places. Um, And if I, it has taken me from like here to here, like, you know, like point A to point B mm-hmm. and like, I could really, really track s- slow albeit, but I could really track like my progress like emotionally spiritually physically mentally with um yeah like how i've kind of healed like wounds like deep wounds in my life and in my heart um and traumas you know traumas from my past traumas from my childhood traumas that i've carried with me you know for generations because of you know white supremacy and racism or because of um poverty you know and and economic inequalities and things like that that have um been part of who I am intrinsically, you know, um, that being able to write and put things and put thoughts on the page has helped me cope and heal and been a, a source of therapy for me.
0: Wow. That was, that was amazing. I <laughs> thank you. end the podcast right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, thank you so much.
0: <laughs> um, how are you doing after like your book just came out a couple months ago I remember yeah. Saying that you wanted to just take some time for yourself?
1: Gosh, um, yeah, after we last spoke, um, I feel like life just got harder, <laughs> um, and so there's just so many things have, like, been going on that I've just been, like, so burdened and downcast and, like, sad, <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to find my way again, like, I'm trying, like, I've not written anything in a long time, and just because I've just been so, and such a funk, you know, with, like, things, where things are at in my life and things are at in our world, you know, like, I mean, just in the last couple of days, you know, following the stuff with like the Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse stuff um, and being super hurt and annoyed and, you know, angry about all of that. I'm like, gosh, I, why do I do things? Why, you know, why do I um, write YA? Like, why do I even you know, do this job to remind people that they matter, you know, if like we're constantly reminded that we don't, you know, um, to this, this world and this you know country in particular. And I'm like, man, um, yeah, so just thinking about those things, I'm like, gosh, like I, I need to find something to counter that in my life, you know? And so it's been really helpful for me to actually go into counseling. And to have my counselor you know tell me straight up like you need to intentionally find things that give you joy like you need to intentionally and they have to be things that aren't related to work so things really so even writing like even though that could be a joy or that was a joy at one point in my life maybe that is isn't a thing that i need to do in this season mm-hmm. right and so i've been thinking about that question too a lot in the last week it's like well what are the things that i can pursue that will give me joy whether that's like i you know you know, wake up, the first thing I do is go on a walk, you know, and I, or spend time in prayer, or I like, um, go on a drive, you know, like, I love, I love traveling and going places. And so maybe that's something that gives me joy, or maybe I buy a dog, you know, or adopt a dog, you know. um, And so yeah, that's my long winded way of answering your question and saying, yeah, things have been hard, but I'm trying to find ways of like, how to find my joy you know i think that's true for like even geo and things we couldn't say is like i think his whole thing is like man things are hard in life but even when things are hard you still have to find things that like are light you know in the darkness and so um i think i am learning a lot from geo in the season of how to do that and so he's taught me a lot in that area for sure um and i think there's something to be said too about like the seasons changing like i think there's a there's a seasonal thing that happens when like you know, the leaves start to fall off the, the trees, and, you know, it gets colder, everyone becomes sadder, <laughs> it seems, or, like, more melancholic, or, like, reflective, or introspective, and so it's very fascinating to me, but um, how are you, and how, where are you at um, since the last time we spoke?
0: Yeah, thank you for asking, and thank you for sharing. I feel like it's, it's hard to say out loud when, like, you're not doing your best, or you're not feeling your best. I feel like there's a, when someone asks, How are you? If, like, there's a societal expectation to just be like, Oh, I'm okay. yeah, I'm doing good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing that and sharing your search for pockets of joy. Um, yeah, I I'm good. I it was hard trying to like find my footing in a new school because I just transitioned from like undergrad to grad, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, being like a different city and like new people and I didn't know anyone um, was a bit difficult but I'm grateful for like the people that I've met and my roommate um, I'm really grateful that was like the first this is one of the first positive roommate experiences I've had so yeah. good <laughs> yeah yeah awesome. I think there was um some bouts of whether I belong in where I am because I'm um mm-hmm. Not as experienced as some other people in my Mm cohort, so that was a bit hard to like just go through. Um, But overall, I'd say it was pretty good, Um, and I'm glad to be almost done with the semester. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Glad that. I mean, it sounds like even as you shared, you know, there's some some pockets of like hope and joy for you too. You know, um. Glad that um, the, the semester is coming to a close, and you know maybe that presents you even a season or some space to rest, yeah. you know. And to yeah, we all we I think we're all needing a, a season of rest, you know, after the last year and a half of this pandemic, where like even though we've been locked in our homes and things like that, and you know things feel chaotic in the world, but I think. For me i'm like i can just look at all my friends and i'm like man we're also like consumed by like each other's stuff and our own stuff and like what's going on in the world that we just need like to disengage and like have some time to like rest you know and like be refreshed and renewed you know
0: do you have anything that you do that makes you like feel rested and restored
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um one thing that is maybe a funny thing that i do that likes me- that refreshes me is I love playing drums, <laughs> so I own like multiple drum kits and I just play drums um, to like just random songs, mm-hmm. um, and so that's always something that like is a it's like a workout, but it's also like it calms me down. It's like you know puts me in a better headspace. You know I think that's something that um, like even you know for anyone picking up a musical instrument is a great and healthy hobby. You know. Mm-hmm in a season like this where it's like you know I think music something about music and playing a musical instrument it's like another dimension of life it feels like you know it's like takes you deeper spiritually you know in a a sense in my experience in my opinion Mm -hmm. um I'd say that's been true for me with drums and so um yeah I've been trying to um spend more time with friends who give me life instead of friends or people who don't give me life (laughs) you know people who aren't super life-giving but actually are people who take away more energy from me
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so I've had to kind of learn to disengage and learn how to say no to people like I feel like for my publisher and for my agent and for people like you know my managers and things like that like they're always sending me and this isn't, isn't a bad thing but they're always sending me emails and requests to do interviews or um conferences or speak at places. And I've had to like learn to say no. And that's been something that's like been refreshing. Wow. It's like, I'm so, so quick to say yes, because I'm like, oh, like this person wants me to do this thing. I can't let them down. Mm. I have to do it. But then I'm like, you ah, know, I'm like pulling out my hair because I'm like, gosh, I need to slow down mm. and be still. But yeah, I'm taking on more and more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I feel dangerously exhausted and burnt out
0: you know yeah wow that's that's so powerful say no um I wanted to ask how like seasons of friendships have been for you um just throughout like yeah your different seasons of life and where you are now
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I love friendship, you know, I love fellowship, um, it's it's why I write about it a lot in my YA, you know, with Tyler Johnson, and with things we couldn't say, and in all of my, like, short stories, pretty much, like, I write a lot about friendship, because it's important, and it matters to me. Um, luckily, I have a, a healthy friend circle of people who I know I can go to, no matter what, who I can come to in, you know, any crisis or any when I'm in between a rock and a hard place like I know I can go to them. Um, Isn't really interesting though navigating friendships during the pandemic though Um, it's like well you know I think even though in some ways we've not been able to be as physically close as we would like to be I still feel like the pandemic has made us emotionally closer and spiritually closer because there's a certain reliance on each other And there's a certain um, burden that we carry for each other um, with where we're at you know we just miss each other and we you know and so the times we get to connect you know um, are always really sweet and we really cherish those times so the times that we you know the rare times we all get to get together um, we are there for like hours and hours just you know laughing with each other and being with each other and enjoying each other's company um, and you know, making fun of each other and things like that, and so um, it's been it's been a, a way for me to kind of even like cope in the season two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what has been something that you've really learned about like yourself or about the world in the last few seasons of your life?
1: Mm. I feel like, you know, depending on the day, I can answer that in a bunch of different ways.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm someone, I really, really enjoy the Enneagram.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I'm an Enneagram nine, which is oftentimes called the mediator or the peacemaker. Um, and the Enneagram nines, like they, our greatest desire is like peace, for everything to be at peace, for the world to be at peace, for there to be no conflict, no hard things going on. And so like, in order to like pursue that thing, we have to like be the person who mediates everything, kills our own desire, kills our, our own longings and whatever. Um, but I think I've realized just how much I've done that and how detrimental it's actually been to me, <laughs> you know, like it, been the person who's like, I have to kill my desires for the sake of others. You know, I have to um, ignore my, my needs because I have to be, you know, provide everyone else's needs. Um, and so having to like unlearn that in the season, has been really helpful for me to be like, oh yeah, like I get it that everyone wants me to come speak at their school. Like I get it that maybe they really want you know, me to talk about race with their you know, seventh graders because they really enjoy reading my book mm-hmm. or because they've heard me speak at a conference and they're like, oh, this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. Let's invite him to like my school or whatever, my library or conference or festival. But that doesn't mean that like, because it's their desire for me to be there that it's also my desire,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know? But like, I have to actually be in tune with what I want (laughs) to. and I don't have to just like, do whatever people, what everybody else wants me to do. And it seems like a very simple and basic thing, but I felt like for me, it was like a huge like, moment that I had where I was like, oh crap. Here's like how I've been operating since I've been an author, since I've been in this industry because I just want people to like me or I want people to like value me or, or, or tell me that I matter, that my presence matters in this industry mm-hmm. and that I'm doing something to make a difference. But actually what that's doing is like causing me to like, you know, hurt myself in, in the long run. And so having to just be like, you know what, Jay, like you come first, <laughs> you know, like you come first is like been powerful for mm-hmm. yourself.
0: I don't even remember what I asked for, so. <laughs> like, sure, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is something that you felt like you've learned about yourself, like, in this season, or, like,
0: yeah. Um, I think I've gotten to know myself direction-wise for, like, what I want to pursue in um, the future. But I think, like, first and foremost, emotionally, um, I think I have been able to navigate how I operate in like social settings, um, because I um, would always want to like make other people happy or go Mm -hmm. to things because didn't want to be left out or people not be there. Um, So it's been nice understanding like what drains my own battery and how to like um, just say no to people or really prioritize myself um, emotionally before being in like social settings and like relationships or friendships. So that, that's been really good um, compared to how I used to be um, even in like undergrad, just mm. going somewhere um, and then coming home and be like, why did I, like I'm so drained and I, I know going in that I wasn't going to like benefit or um, really enjoy that so. That's, been, that's, been that's
1: really awesome, fun. that's really good. Do you, how do you get to that place? Like, how do you get to a point where you're like, oh crap, like I'm learning this about myself and now I have to like address it. You know, like, how do you get to that? What, is there something that you do in particular to get yourself in a place where you're able to like introspect in that way and like search yourself in that way?
0: Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think like feeling is a big part of it that I've ignored in the past Mm -hmm. and just knowing when I feel whether it's like anxious or something in an interaction like I would just kind of suppress it before but now I really like listen to that and see like okay this is only going to get worse if I don't um rest um Mm -hmm. I also have been enjoying journaling for Mm -hmm. a bit and I think like journaling after um, an event or like a social interaction has been good to see like, okay, how did I really feel in that setting? And um, then being able to be like, okay, in the future, what should I do differently? Whether it's like, yeah, what were you gonna say? Sure.
1: No, it's good, yeah. I think for uh, for me, I would just say like, uh, similar, like I think, you know, like I appreciate you mentioned, like mentioning like the feeling, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes you get that feeling that's like, oh yeah, something's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, what is that? You know, like get, getting to put your finger on that, like it can take time, right? Like it, it can be difficult to do that because it's like, you've probably been operating in this like way for so long. And then you're like, oh, wait, you know, <laughs> um, I, there's more to life than this. You know, there's something bigger for me in these relationships. Um, but I think for me, I practice a lot of like solitude and silence and like spiritual disciplines of like getting away, like being alone, As an introvert, you know, and like also like sitting in silence, just like search my heart, you know, like I just sit there and like I I allow myself to get to a place where I'm like able to be in tune with my spirit like to be in tune with like. Where am I coming from what what am I bringing to the, the table like what am I feeling, right? Like, what am I not feeling, but I wish I was? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Those kinds of things. And so getting to a place where I'm like, oh, now I'm aware of like, cause I've had time to slow down. Now I'm aware of like these things, you know, so.
0: Um, what's something you're still trying to unlearn?
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, like, I could probably answer that in a bunch of different ways depending on what day you ask me because I feel like there's so much, you know, that I want to unlearn. Um, I think I'm gonna answer this mainly in terms of, cause I'm sitting with a copy of my book um, right here, yeah. things we couldn't say. Um, but I think I'll answer in terms of like, just my, my author stuff, my book stuff. Um, when things we couldn't say came out, So many people within my camp, so like agent, publisher, people that um, edited the book, copy edited, like whatever, like so many people like hyped up my book, you know, which I was really grateful for. They were like, this book is great. Like this is going to do really well. And for me, like, I'm always, my expectations of myself are always really high. (laughs) You know, I mentioned that earlier, but then like my publisher, it's like theirs is just like astronomically high. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I thought my expectations were high, Mm -hmm. but then theirs are like even higher. And I'm like, how is this possible? Um, So I think I have to like unlearn a piece of like not putting too much expectation on myself, you know, like, and to even like set a boundary with like my publisher and people in my camp to be like, Hey, like, I get it. You might be excited about this, but I don't need you to be, you know, like too much essentially, <laughs> you know, like, cause it's like, again, when it's like, well, my book is doing okay. It's not like doing poorly. And it's not like, it's also not doing amazing. Right. So it's like, it's not like a number one Times bestseller or any like bestseller right now. Um, because like what that ends up happening is like now I'm shame spiraling about like oh my book wasn't good enough because you know like my expectations were already high but then my publishers were even higher and so I'm like oh crap like I failed (laughs) and so kind of having to unlearn that would be something that I would answer.
0: Wow thank
1: (laughs) you. Yeah Um, sorry that all my answers have been so sad.
0: (laughs) No I, I think it's been amazing I'm grateful for like this honest conversation on just well-being I think it's so important um yeah this this has been really really good so thank you
1: of course yeah um it's a it's a privilege and an honor to get to um just talk you know you know be (laughs) in conversation and talk about life and books and writing and all that stuff you know um I want to do more of that you know because I I think people who reach out to me for interviews I'm always like a little bit skeptical because I'm like they just want to talk to me about being black or they want to talk to me about race or like diversity. And I'm like so burnt out of those conversations that I'm like, I'm like actively declining saying, Hey, I can't, I just can't do it. Um, And not that those questions are like not important, but it's like, they are important. And there's so many people who are like being asked the same questions over and over again, but it's like, man, there's so much to me. There's so much that matters more to me. And there's so much that matters like to my heart equally as those things. And it's like, gosh, like, I want to talk about the things that I'm happy about and passionate about. And like, you know, um, I don't want to talk about my trauma and pain all the time, you know, and like all, you know, but so, you know, just talk about and be real and talk about life is also really good. So thank you for giving me that space.
0: Yeah, thank you. I'm going to stop recording. Wasn't that just incredible and beautiful? Ugh. It's, it's really such a breath of fresh air, that conversation, and so many lessons to be had there. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it as well. One thing I love that Jay said is, everyone has a unique story that is meant to be told. That is who we are created to be. It is in our existence to tell our story. That will be a light to the world. I am a big believer of story sharing and story listening and the understanding and community building that it brings. And it was so nice to just talk through that with Jay and the work that he's doing, which by the way, is all in the show notes. So that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you come back and join me again soon. Um, New episodes every Sunday and Wednesday, and there is a new blog post every Friday on lisagashara.com. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening to this and I'll see you in the next volume. Bye.